Stonecutters podcast. Aaron Hankins. Will Catlett. In the building. In the the building. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of our employers, the people that will be employing us, the people that currently employ us, the people that used to employ us. And these are our thoughts and our thoughts alone. Chai. Chai. Brasa. Brasa. So for uh, for tonight's podcast episode, Will just wanted to let it roll. Uh, we usually do a little like intro catch up, and Will was just feeling it tonight. So here we are. Will, how's your week been? It's good, man. You know, I think it's times in our lives where you have to move with speed. Absolutely. You know, you know this as being an aerospace engineer. You know this as being with one of the the best company in the world, Nike. You know, there comes a time in life where you have to move with speed. You know, there's a time for your hesitation move. You know what I mean? But there is a time for the hezo and the speed to get to the layup. And so when we have our listeners, when I jumped on tonight, I said, brother, we got the roll tonight. Let's see what comes out tonight because it's about moving with speed at times. You have to move with a certain kind of speed to get to us, get through a certain type of door. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 I guess the comparison there is that sometimes you don't know what you're capable of doing until you try it and until you do it. So yeah. just go off the rip sometimes, you know, like, Hey, we don't have it planned. We're just gonna, we're gonna talk it out. There's plenty of things to talk about. Tons of things. Will, you were on a podcast earlier this week. My sister, yes. my sister's recipe. Uh huh. You want to talk a little bit about that? You know what's so crazy? I do these things, Aaron, and I don't even remember when I do them. You know, it just becomes so second nature. And, you know, when we get on, we always talk, you know, offline about how we're getting better each time as we do our podcast. Absolutely. So when I get on with them, it's like I'm moving with their speeds. They be like, yo, you're so seasoned. It's like you've done this before, but I don't done over 40-something episodes with us. And so I can move on. I can calculate my thoughts faster. I can make things more concise. But it was a pleasure to be on with them and uh, just to be a blessing. So uh, just to just to plug another podcast, it's called My Sister's Recipe. And they brought Will on basically to talk about living versus existing. Mm-hmm. And Will, something I listened to the whole episode. You know, I, I'm one of your biggest fans. Uh, but what I heard was that conciseness. And mm. we are so concise with our words on our podcast that I was listening to that podcast and I had to stop it and I had to rewind it a few times. Mm. Because you may say one sentence, but there's like three or four things in that one sentence. And that's because me and you have, we've refined it, we've distilled it down to its essence right. of, what, of what it is. And that's like me and you going back three or four, maybe five episodes of just dis- distilling something down into a statement or a comment that kind of matches our mindset. And then you go on another podcast and you say it and you say it so fluently, you just, it just sort of flows and it rolls and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute, run that back, say that again. And right. with me and you talking, it, it, I kind of lose track of that sometimes. And we did it last week. We talked about just slowing down, being a little bit more present and reminding mm-hmm. ourselves. And now we're trying to move quickly. And when you move quickly, you have to be thoughtful and mindful of the words that you choose because they're powerful. And you Mm -hmm. you want to get big ideas across in as few words as possible. Wow. Wow. Yep. And, you know, it's like iron sharpens iron and, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And the reason why I'm using those two statements is because 
the way you calculate things, the more we talk, the more it rubs off on me. The way I'm more thought perspective or whatever you want to call it, it will rub off on you. So it's a good iron shopping iron, birds of the same feather, birds of a feather flock together type of thing. That's why it's so important that you measure yourself by the people around you. You measure yourself by the people around you. If you can look at the five people around you, like Charles Barkley, and then they had that commercial, who's in my five, right? That's my dad's like favorite commercial. Mm-hmm. Who's in my five? I want this person in my five. I want that person in my five. And the reason why that's so important, because they really dictate the speed that you will run with. If you're running with a bunch of people that's smoking drugs, eventually, how many times are you going to say no? So eventually, you're going to start smoking. You know what I mean? Are you going to start drinking? Are you going to start doing things that distract you from the purpose of where you're supposed to be going in the first place? This is why LeBron James hangs around Warren Buffett, Jay-Z. These people have reached a level of consciousness, a level of speed that they communicate without even talking, just like chemistry on a basketball court. LeBron throws that pass. He's not even looking to where the ball's going. He already knows that J.R., it's going to be in the corner <laughs> to hit the game when the shot for his redemption. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, okay. Remember that I told y'all first on the Stonecutters podcast. <laughs> Stonecutters podcast. You can listen to us on all major streaming platforms. You can also uh, watch me and Will go back and forth on YouTube. Um, yeah. So, so Will, um, you were talking about the five people that you surround yourself with, and it made me think of a few different things. Mm-hmm. And I know that this has happened to you, Will. Somebody has reached out to you that you haven't spoken to in a long time. And they just, they just said, hey, Will, like, how are you doing? What's going on? What's new in your life? Things like that. Trying to reconnect or to bring themselves into your universe. And mm-hmm. when, I, when, I, when I hear those things or when those things happen to me, what I feel like is happening is that person is at a transitional point in their life. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to either reconnect with somebody that they may have lost contact with, or they're trying to connect with somebody that they aspire to be like, or that they want to be around. So what are your thoughts around that? Well, you know, um, I'm a good judge of character, you know, so I kind of, you know, it's my job as an artist to know the deep things about people so that I can connect to the deep things in roles. So, you know, I try to keep a clean heart as much as I can, because I may not know why this person is re-entering my life. But if it's in a circumstance of I need you to do something in order for me to get somewhere, I can already feel that in the text or in the call or in the whatever. But if it's genuine, like I can go, our boy Seneca, I can go almost a year without talking to Seneca. But when Seneca calls me, or when Theo calls me, it's like a run-on sentence because I know the intention behind it is to catch up for real. How you doing? What's going on? You know, as I'm a big movie star, these are the people that can say, hey, hey, you good? You good? Are you having a yay moment? Do I need to pull you back for a second? Do we need to sit and talk? You know, do you need to come to Oakland? Do you need to come to Portland? Do you need to come to Atlanta? You know, that's why it's so important to have the right people in your circle because you need people. Sometimes you can get so big and this is uh, to nobody in particular. This is to myself. I'm always talking to myself first. Sometimes you can get so big that you lose sight of reality and you need 
people to say, hey, you know, everything you're doing is not great, bro. You can do better. And it can bring you to a point where you're like, okay, let me go back to the drawing pad. Let me go back to the thing that got me excited in the first place. So I kind of, you know, look at it like that. I try to keep an open door policy. But like anything, we talk about this, you know, with a rocket, a rocket going into space, it loses a piece. Some people have to go because they're not willing to go to the extra heights that you're trying to go. When you talk about people being critical and telling you that you can do good and that you can do better, how do you Mm -hmm. know the difference between somebody who is ultimately invested in you as a person and getting you better versus somebody that might just be a hater or somebody that is uh, projecting their fears upon you? How how can you tell the difference? Well, it's a two part. Everybody needs a Judas. Judas was what, a promotion. What's, what's, remember, uh, Will, I'm a heathen. I'm not as... No, 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 you're not a heathen. You're not a heathen. What I'm, just I'm saying. not okay. as well-informed about, about religion. Okay, so. okay, okay. Neither am I. I just, you know, I picked up along the way, right? So Jesus had to choose a Judas in order for him to get to his destination. Some people come in your life and we think that this person is hating on me or they are blocking me, when they're there to be the right amount of pressure, the right amount of friction that you need to push you into your destiny. So don't be so quick to exit the Judases out of your life. You need those people. LeBron became LeBron from all the people talking about his hair, talking about him leaving uh, uh, Cleveland, talking about him, uh, whatever else that he's doing, you know, all that pushed him to be at the height that he is right now to Patrick Beverly to say, no, y'all already know that, you know, if LeBron said we playing, we playing, you see what I'm saying? So you can't really, uh, push away your Judas's. Now for someone who's overly critical, then if a person is always critic criticizing first and, and all the time, then to me, that is something that is internal thing that they're projecting. So if they just like everything I do, they always criticize. Oh yeah, that could have been, oh yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, bro. No, we know it was a a, a B plus movie. We all knew that. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. So if you get that type of person, I usually won't say anything because I let that person have room to grow because I have to check myself with that too. You know, sometimes I'm looking at people, other actors or other things. I'm like, ah, they didn't, I didn't. But maybe that's just where they are right now. You know, you have to give art room to grow. You have to give people room to grow and room to evolve. It's another actress. I won't mention her name. And um, she came out in a, in a big movie on Netflix. And she's a young actress. And she has a gift that a lot of people do not have, which is vulnerability. Now, has her skills caught up to her talent yet? No, she still has work to do. But the more she works with vets, the more she gets around people, in a short while, she'll be holding one of those gold trophies because she already has that thing that would cause her to to be in that upper echelon of that creativity and those caliber of people. It just needs to be refined with people who's been doing it long, who have more experience. I was like that. I remember a coach told me, he said, man, you just have raw talent. But when your gift catches up to your skills, oh no, when your, when your skills catch up to your gift is when those two will mix and you will really be something in a force in this industry. 
it's almost like when Jordan is in his prime. Is when the gift that he has, God-given gift, but the skill level in the uh, 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 the abuse, I would use that word, that he got from the Pistons, but it built that tenacity and that strength what he needed to merge his gift, then he comes out a champion. So that's why I said that it's two-part. You know, don't kill your Judases before their time. Okay. Now, Will, I have a, I want to ask you about this, and you talked about it earlier, and it's only because I know that you are going to have a unique perspective on Kanye West, on some of the comments, on some of the statements that he made. What mm-hmm. do you, what do you think about Kanye, the current situation that's going on with Kanye? Everybody know I love Kanye, and Kanye can do no wrong. That's me. I love Ye. I've always loved Ye. I got my Ye hoodie right there. Um, you know, I haven't met Ye personally to assess him. You know what I mean? So maybe one day we'll meet and we'll chop it up. I enjoy, you know, his evolution as a man. You know, I can't speak on what I really don't know. You know what I mean? Um, yes, I've seen the clips, some of them. You know, I don't really watch too much, you know, as far as, you know, whether it be the rant pages or whether it be the glory. Um, I'm excited to meet Ye one day you know, so that we can sit down and talk. You know, I know his ideas are a lot, you know, more wild and out there, but those people who have geniuses' minds, they're like that, you know, but sometimes they don't always know how to put those words, as we talked about being concise, in a way that people can digest it. I can say something to my daughter now that would destroy her future because she's too young to understand what I'm saying. So I'm not gonna give her that type of word or I'm not gonna give a six month old a steak because her her intestines are not able to digest that type of food yet, that type of meat yet. So I think when we're on any platform, this goes for anybody, you know, think of what you may be saying and what is the effects of it. How is it going? Is it, is it to build or destroy? All your words should ever come out of your mouth. They should be able to build. Even if they build it in correction, they should always build you. They should not destroy. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what um, our good brother is in his transition of becoming. He's in that flow. You know, so my thing is to keep praying for him, to keep him uplifted. Because what you don't want is a person who is, you know, very uh, uh, compassionate and sympathetic and feels everything as a musician, you don't want them to feel alienated and isolated and feel like they don't matter. So then when, you, then, then when that happens, they go out on the deep end and then we read articles about people. So we don't want that to happen to that extreme. You know, whatever's going on in his family structure, you know, I saw that Kim released a statement, you know, but I don't know what's true or what's not. I read yeah. it. You know, I thought it was beautiful and I applaud her for it. And but only them two know what's really going on in their relationship. Yeah. I thank you. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if it was if it was you, then I could talk to you because I know you. <laughs> yes. And I could call your wife and say, Hey, what's going on with our brother? Do we need to come up there or vice versa? You see what I'm saying? But I think Absolutely. I think and I think a lot of people, you know, in a, uh what you call it in a social media world, everybody has an opinion. 
And even in that, you have to be careful because everybody can't take what Aaron takes. Everybody can't take what Will takes. Some people, you know, they say sticks and stones uh, might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Words will hurt you more than a punch to your face because they stick with you. They stick in your bones. Just like you and I, these things we have been dealing with since childhood that was said to us that we're still dealing with in our late 30s, trying to work through those things so that they won't be there anymore. Like for me, getting cut from the basketball basketball team three times. Sometimes when I would get jobs, you know, I would have to get out of my mind that is the rug going to be pulled from under me? You know, because I was used to getting so close and then my knees were hurt or I'll be on the bubble or whatever that is. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, man, it slipped out of my hand. So I had to grow to a point like, nah, man, I'm the man. You know, nobody can take what's mine. It's mine right here. And I'm going to do the best thing at it. And even when I'm struggling, you know, I still had to reprogram myself because those experiences had led me to believe differently. But that's not what the good Lord says about me. He says, I am an overcome all things work together for my good. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, (laughs) so, you know, I had had to train my mind, Aaron. And I think that's important to our listeners is to, you know, we tell people, we say we always chipping at the stone, chipping at the stone. And we relate that to our heart sometimes, relate that to a job, we relate that to activity, relate that to a, a, a person. But a lot of times we don't relate it to our mind. And that is the biggest stone that we have to chip away at. We have to remove all those negative seeds, those negative ideas, uh, how we feel about ourselves. And we have to, you know, what does Will say? Every time he gets on with Aaron, he's like, man, you're such a genius. You're gonna change Nike for the next 10 years. You know, why is it that he can see that in me more than I can see in myself? Yep. And that's vice versa, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? We just talking candidly, you know, brothers just kicking it. You know, it, 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 it's like, so what I've learned is that, you know what, sometimes Aaron's eyes are better than my eyes in that moment. And I just have to take his eyes and I have to accept what he said about me. And I have to live with that because that is the voice of God speaking to me through my brother Aaron saying, man, you're going to make it, man. I got your back. I'm going to send you the, the expected father book. I'm going to make sure Hamabi's taking care of whatever you need, bro. You know, my pockets is your pockets. You don't know sometimes what that would do for a person. Every job I booked, you know, in our relationship, when I got my first job on Black Lightning, I remember us taking that picture you know, at your place in yeah. Los Angeles. And I, and I said to you, I said, I'm gonna hang this up when I book when I book my first series regular role. And I said, and then I remember having that picture. And when I got the Black Lightning, it was two episodes guaranteed guest star, which turned into a series regular role. But I put that picture up and I was so thankful. So every time I was on that set, if I was struggling a little bit, if I was being a little insecure about my talent, am I ready? I would look at that picture. I would look at that picture and I'm, I would hear my boy's voice like, nah, man, it was already done when we took the picture. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. moving with that speed, bro. Yeah. That's going back to that, that I, I traveled back in time, looked at the picture, got the conversation from my boy, traveled back to being in the trailer and said, let's go. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. So just some context. I think we've talked about it on, on some podcast episodes in the past. I was living in LA. Will was living in LA. Um, I don't know if you and, and, and your, your lady were together or you, you came to the baby shower. My, my wife was expecting. It was at our place. Will's there. He's meeting all of my friends. Some of them have kids. Some of them don't. You know, he's just like, I don't know how many baby showers you had been to. We did mm-hmm. some of those. We did some of those games. Remember when you were drinking out of the baby bottle? Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. And we were talking about life, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know when this happened to me. It, it was probably very early on, but I would always have Polaroid pictures. Even growing up, I remember having Polaroid pictures, and when you would look at them, the imperfection in the picture, the lighting. The, the angle, the, it's, it's really th- these instant cameras are capturing a moment in time. Mm-hmm. So um, when I moved to LA, I bought an instant camera. Um, that camera died. I bought another instant camera. And anytime I go to parties, birthday parties, I usually bring this instant camera. And what it's mm-hmm. for is for capturing moments. It's not for taking photos. It's for capturing moments. And me and Will, are, our aspirations were always, they were always parallel. Will and me, we're, we're always, we're, we're going up and, we're, and we're, we're following parallel paths in different industries, but we're still trying to do the same thing, which is, you know, take our art and turn it into something real and inspire other people. Um, so we took a picture and we took two pictures, fairly identical pictures, and we both made the, a pact with each other. And, and it was like, when I get a job at Nike, I'm going to take my picture and I'm going to put it at my desk because that was the goal for me was to get to Nike. And for you, it was to become the series regular because you had already mm-hmm. been, you had already been on YouTube and you had already done some of your own projects. You had been, you, you'd done the theater, you had done spoken word, you had, you had, you had done all these different accolades. And what you wanted to do was that next, that aspiration for the next level. So we both set a challenge for each other. And I took the picture and I hung it in my closet. So every day when I opened the door to my closet and I would look, I would see this picture. And that picture reminded me of the pact that me and you made and for me to get to Nike. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I, I had that picture with me. And the first day, that was one of the first things. It's like I set up my desk and I'm like, hey, Aaron, here's your desk. And I'm like, here's the first thing I'm putting there. And it's this picture. And that picture is still there. You know, it's still, wow. at, my, it's still at my desk. It's still hanging there. Um, I forget the exact date. I want to say it was like June, maybe June 13th or June 16th of 2017. Was it 2017 or 2016? 2016, I believe. Anywho, we're in mm-hmm. 2020, so y'all can do the math. But the, the point is, is that we've, we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about being in each other's five-man circle. We talked about the words and the and and how important words are and moving with speed and then we talked about like capturing a moment and capturing it in such a way that we both can share the experience when we're not next to each other wow. and, and and to look at it and and to have a, something material it would be different if me and you took the picture and we posted it on instagram and somebody went and printed it out on their computer and you walked around with it instant film has this magic with it that as soon as you take the picture it's, it's given right to you and you hold on to it. And now that you have the picture, it's, it's visceral. It, it means something to you because it's just captured something that has just happened. And now it becomes a part of that, that entire moment. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's and I and you know what, Will? I mean, we can tell everybody that we when when you came to visit me in Portland after I had been working at Nike for I don't know maybe a year or so, we took another set of pictures and yeah. we. And we took pictures when we first started the podcast and we both have another picture and we have a goal. And and I wrote the goal on the back of the picture and you have your picture and you have a goal on the back of your picture. And Mm -hmm. I can't wait till we show people those pictures, you know, at those, at those uh, critical and career moments in our lives. And I, I, there's no, I have no uh, doubt in my mind Mm-hmm. And we won't be taking another picture in in five years. You know what I'm saying? And, I can't wait. And and what I hope is that what comes out of people that are listening to this show right now is that you have somebody, whether it's one people, two people, three people, that mastermind group, that one person that you can connect with that is not exactly like you to, to be complimentary to you, that you have this person that you can bounce ideas off of and both of you can aspire to something bigger than what you are now. And then find a way to capture it to, to not only hold each other accountable, but to inspire each other when you're not there. You know, like I look at the picture and I'm just like, you're making this face and I'm making this face. And I'm just like, I know what Will was thinking about right then and there. Mm-hmm. And you look at the picture and you're like, I know what Aaron was thinking about right then and there. And that inspires us just from the picture. Right, right, right. That's, That's deep. Okay. <laughs> That's deep. That's yeah, deep. Man. That's deep. That's deep. You know, I want to I just talk to Erica for a moment. I think Erica's listening and she's listening and she's vibing out and she's saying, oh man, this is good. This is great. But at the same time, she's asking inside of herself, where do I start? I want to do my own thing. You know, I want to do something. I want to take what these guys are giving me and I want to begin to do something. Maybe that's her own podcast. Maybe that's her own journey, whatever that is. And the reason why she popped into my mind, Aaron, because on the back of your whiteboard, it says, sell your art, right? And I wanted you to break that down because I feel like she's at that place in her life where she's trying to sell her art, meaning that she's trying to figure out what it is that she wants to do. And she's trying to put it on a platform and this is all that she wants to do and she wants to get paid for it. How does a person, because you're so good at that, take what we're saying, the process of the journey, moving with speed, having the five people, taking the picture, how do you begin to sell your art and make a living? How do you sell your art? So the first question is, do you know what you want to do? So does Erica know what she wants to do, what she wants to do? She's already pinpointed it. Let's say she... you cut out. Can you hear me? I got you. Yeah. What'd you say? Say that again. I said, I believe she's, it's bubbling inside of her. You know, it's right there. She kind of knows exactly what she wants to do, but getting to the next step. man um hold up i had a lot of different thoughts and mm-hmm. i wrote and, and i'll just t- i'll talk to you really briefly about sell your art and why it's on my board so it's on my board because i make things and i and I, I believe that i'm an artist i want to call myself an artist 
and artists don't truly become artists until someone buys their work. And I'm just going to put these in air quotes, buys their work, right? But buying your work is, a tr is, is you're giving somebody money and you're getting something in return. We're artists on this podcast. We are selling our art, right? Mm -hmm. But nobody is paying us any money for it, right? We're going to get financially compensated later on, right? But right now we're just doing it because we know that there's a need and we want to be able to provide people with what they need right now. So for somebody who wants to sell their art, who wants to make something, they make things that inspire people. And maybe like give it away for free. See what, mm. it feel, see what it feels like to give it away for free. And once you do it two or three times, you give it away for free. And then you really start to understand what your value is. And you can place value on your work then you can begin to sell it. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm explaining this the right way, Will. It's, it's, I think it's, it's something that is, this is something that's difficult for me to explain because I, 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 I'm not the expert in this, right? It's, but I love what you're saying because you, you, the way you're breaking it down is that that's what someone needed to hear. That's what Erica needed to hear. What we're doing right now is we're selling our art, you know? It's the point of starting. You said you're an artist, you make things and you put it in air quotes, you know, eventually we're going to get paid for it. So somebody that's trying to figure out how do I start? What do I do? How do I sell my art? And I'm listening to all these good gems and wisdom. What do I do with it? You just begin, you just do it. You just start it. And it would eventually grab a speed and a leg of its own. When we first started this podcast, it was just an idea that we wanted to do. Yes. You know, and look how fast it's growing. Well, so the, that exact point. And so that there's this person, they figured out what they want to do and they want to sell their art, right? So, mm -hmm. to, so to your point, right, get started. So what's the first thing? Well, do I have a portfolio? Okay, we need to create a portfolio. Do you have a website? Well, no, I don't have a website. Okay, we'll create the website. Put one piece of art on the website. Put two pieces. Begin to chip away at it. Next thing you know, you've built out a portfolio over the course of, I don't know, five or six weeks. And now when people come and look at it, they have this whole breadth of your work that they can come and look at. But all of that work started from registering the URL, creating a website, putting your image. And, and, and this is something else, too, that I, just in the, the environment that, we, that which we live in right now, you might not have $150 for a yearly subscription to start a website, but you can darn sure take pictures and print pictures out and tape them together and put them into a workbook and, and just get something together and call that a portfolio and hold that and take that to where you need to go. Like, I think that I would tell somebody that they need to move, that they need to take a step, that they need to take an action. But the thing is, is that don't let any of those things, things in between stop you. Well, I don't have enough money to do this. Okay, well then let's find a different avenue to get started. Oh, well, I don't have all the recording equipment. Okay, use your phone to just record it yourself. Oh, well, I don't have all of this and all of that. Getting the ball rolling is the first step. It's, it's, just, to, it's just to begin with action, to begin with something, to validate your work. Once you begin it and once you say, hey, I wanna just, 
I want to pick a URL. You pick the website address, and once you pick it, you automatically feel better because you've you set an intention, you performed an action, and you you achieved a result, and it was a result that you wanted to 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 have. So what do you do? You start the cycle all over again. Okay, now I got the website. How do I want it to look? Okay, I want it to look like this. Okay, when we build that, hey, it looks great. Okay, now I got need to put art on there. Or if I'm a musician, I need to create a SoundCloud page. I need to find an artist name. Like um, what I'll say in all this entire process, and um, it's hard for people to, to, to think about when they just get started, is that all these things are dynamic. They can and they will change. You're going to pick a name to, today or tomorrow, and in a week from now, you're going to find somebody with the same name as you. You're going to have to change, and that's good. Like. Mm. Uh, Will, I mean, we we were talking about some of your future productions and we were thinking about names and we were like, well, what about this name or what about that name? And then we did some research and we were like, well, this they got this name and it's kind of close to this name. And I was like, just get it. Yeah. Just get it. And if, it, if, if somebody sends you a letter and says that you have to change it, okay, if it's too close to this thing. But guess what? You've already started down that path instead of like, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of like, it's taking that, it's what I like to call it as a bias towards action. So was it Erica? Eric's, Erica is her name? Yeah. Erica, yeah, yeah. Erica, move with a bias towards action. Meaning that when you come up to a situation, there's one of two things that you can do. You can either take action or you can think about it. And what I would tell you is that when you're first getting started, if you have these feelings of doubt, if these feelings of fear, these are all good things that you're going to feel when you're doing something that is different and new and is actually pushing you to become a better person. Right. But it's taking that step towards action and always being action oriented because thinking and waiting is, uh, it's not always good. I would rather just take a step and move. Nah, deep, deep. I, I love that. I love that. I love how you tie that in because at the end of the day, as we on our journey on this Stonecutters podcast, it's about uh, giving nuggets and leaving clues and leaving keys so that people can open doors. And I, I love when we just jump on and pick something like sell your art. And I grab something from this conversation too, you know, when you're talking about, you know, basically just doing it is the art of building momentum. And maybe that's something that we'll discuss on a later podcast, but I've already thought about, wow, you can really build your own momentum. And we see it all the time, you know, especially with these young athletes, you know, coming out of high school and, you know, the deals that they're getting and, you know, ball is life. And it's like, I see, I see what you're doing there. You know, you can translate that same thing over into whatever field or interest that you have. Nice. Yeah, building momentum, Will. I mean, we talked about it on previous episodes. I do something called ISRU line drawings. It's, it comes from Saul LeWitt. Uh, he's a contemporary artist from the, I want to say from like the 40s until like the, maybe the 70s. Uh, what he would do is he would draw, he would make these line drawings and I am today, I'm on day 89. So I've done 89 consecutive days of push-ups to failure and then drawing a line 
and having it be as close as possible to the line above it without touching it. And that's like, you do something for 89 days straight, it, it becomes ingrained. Just like with this podcast, I mean, all honesty, today I jumped on, it was 9.01 on the, the podcast and Will was already on here waiting for me. And mm-hmm. that's because it's become so ingrained and we've built such a momentum around it you have the time it's not even like we don't even need to check with each other anymore it's just like okay we we ready to rock and roll and then you got on and you're just like hey man i'm feeling it today we just let's just go let's just record what's on our minds nothing scripted we just going off the top and boom stonecutters podcast we out we out